You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two sports writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We covered the Chargers for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, the last time you heard from us, I was very, very excited because we had Matt Money Smith on the show, and we are doubling down on great guests this week because David Drogmeyer tracked down Brian Baldinger, obviously the host of Baldy's Breakdowns on Twitter, former NFL player, current NFL network analyst, and just one of the guys who knows the most about pretty much everything football related. So on today's show, we have Baldy NFL on the show. So in segment two, we're going to be getting into what Brandon Staley is going to bring to the table, what he was so impressed by with Justin Herbert and maybe some things he has to do better to meet his high expectations. And then to wrap up the show, we'll get into the offensive line. He's a great person to talk to with about that. He's not concerned about Rashawn Slater. We get into that as well as the rest of the offensive line. And Kenneth Murray as well, who, just like us, he's very excited to see Kenneth Murray in year two as well. But to start the show today, we also have a really good subject to get into And that is Warren Sharp, who works for NBC Sports, who came out with why he's so excited about the Chargers and their prospects in 2021 and why he thinks with some luck and some better coaching, the Chargers could be much, much better than the team that we saw in 2020. So a lot of great stuff to get into. I think you guys are really going to love this interview with Brian Baldinger. If you want to make sure you get every interview that we put out there, make sure to go follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. But Let's go ahead and get into it. Warren Sharp, a sports analyst and NFL analyst for NBC Sports, came out with an article talking about why he's excited about the Chargers in 2021. And basically, a lot of it had to do with you have Justin Herbert on a rookie contract. That's great. And you've gotten terribly unlucky and have had terrible coaching over the last couple of seasons. And me and David, I mean, I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that when we would get on after some of those games last year, you know, four consecutive 16-point leads, terrible in one-score possessions, blowing fourth-quarter leads. We were just thinking, like, this can't happen to normal teams. Like, this does not happen like this. Like, how many times can we keep getting on here to record and talking about the most ridiculous games out there? And he kind of put numbers next to this. So, over the last two seasons, the Chargers have lost 16 one-score games, a full season's worth of one-score games. So, Washington did that in 1994 and 1995. They lost 16 games of one score, but they didn't have a quarterback. The Lions did the same thing in 01 and 02. They all had terrible quarterbacks. The Lions actually lost 17 games by one score. But either way, that doesn't happen to most NFL teams, and it doesn't ever happen to teams that have a good quarterback, David. So it is just nice, kind of, it's kind of vindicating, right, to read these stats and realize, okay. That was especially terrible what we saw last year. We're not crazy for saying, like, how could this be happening? Because it literally never happens. You're right. It does never happen. But I think the one distinct difference between the Chargers and, let's say, the Lions of the 2001-2002 team is the disparity of talent. I mean, they had guys like Joey Harrington, Charlie Batch, 
Ty Detmer, Mike McMahon, all of those guys are not great NFL players. They were not great then. Uh, they never have been. And the Chargers had a loaded roster. I mean, they had great stars up and down. And they still found, found ways to lose football games. And I think a lot of that, Daniel, has to do with the coaching staff. And I think with Warren Sharp's article here, he lays that out pretty specifically. Yeah, and I mean, Anthony Lynn had a lot to do with it, but... The Chargers also blew a lot of leads. 16 games of the halftime lead. He says typically teams win 80% of those games. The Chargers won 56% of those games. For teams entering the fourth quarter, they usually win 83% of those games. The Chargers won 64%. The only two teams that were worse were the Lions and the Bengals. Blown leads. But how do you get to the blown leads? Why are you blowing the leads? Well, he is saying that part of it has to do with Anthony Lynn only went for it on fourth down on 25% of the times where it was recommended to go for it, which ranked a ninth lowest in the NFL. He had some moments where he went for it, but way, way too many moments that he just decided he wasn't going to go for it. And the other thing was, schematically, game plan wise, they were terrible because they thought they were a physical running the football team. And as Warren Sharp lays out here, they couldn't have done anything worse. So, For starters, he says they ran the ball significantly more in 2020 than in 2019, when in 2019 they were 21st in the NFL in rushing efficiency, and last year they were 31st. So somehow you're running the ball more with a worse rushing attack. On first downs, the Chargers ran the ball 5% more often in 2020 than in 2019. They shifted from 52% first down pass rate in 2019 to 47% in 2020. And what did that do? That set up a lot of second and longs and third and longs. And even when they got to the second and longs, they averaged the least amount of yards they tried to gain on those downs. So Justin Herbert was throwing super short passes on second down, not trying to go for first downs, but trying to set up thirds and shorts. And we saw that so many times with Anthony Lynn, David. It's like, just get me into third and one so I can run the football and get stuffed and make it fourth down. Like there were so many things that they did that were inefficient that this year with a better offensive line, with a much better running game we're hoping for, they can get out of a lot of these terrible situations that put Justin Herbert, a rookie quarterback, in a really bad spot to try to bail them out. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the stats he provides uh, on first downs really uh, demonstrates, or I guess illustrates, our frustrations with the play calling a lot of last season. The Chargers were terrible running the ball on first down. They only gained 3.9 yards per carry, and it was a 41% success rate, which that is not good. And I think, uh, I mean, we saw that. We saw that a lot last year when we're like, hey, why don't you throw the ball more? I mean, you have this young quarterback with such a great arm and great weapons on the outside. Why aren't you using that? And they didn't. And he said, hey, the combination of first down play calling, the fourth most yards to go on second down, the second shortest target depth. I mean, all of those things just really, really bad for the Chargers. So we're hoping with a new offense, a new offensive style, a new offensive coordinator with Joe Lombardi that they're going to mix things up and throw a little bit more on early downs. It's crazy to think about when he puts here the lack of efficiency on first down force the Chargers to average 7.9 yards to go on second down. What? That means you're literally averaging 2.1 yards on first down, where conceivably the other team doesn't know if you're going to run or pass. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was just brutal. And that was the other thing, too, is like, if we go say, you know, second down and 10, you're running the football again, right? That's crazy. I mean, they ran the ball on 39% of second downs in 2020. 
And that's, that's what why happens you, when your head coach is an old running back, that's for sure. Well, and that's why Justin Herbert got put in so many third and longs where it's like he shouldn't succeed and then he still somehow succeeded because one of the worst things you could do for a rookie quarterback is put him in a situation where the other team can have their edge rushers go to town because they know you're going to throw the ball. The Chargers put Justin Herbert in that position so many times, it's absolutely crazy to think he wasn't much worse than what he was. But the one well, thing you that, can't expect him to be a magician all the time, too. I mean, he is great. He's very athletic. He can definitely move. He's very mobile. He showed that. But every once in a while, he got crushed because of those situations. Absolutely. I mean, 100% he did. But there is a plus side, a silver line to this. Another reason that Warren Sharp thinks they're going to be much better. The Chargers faced the 11th easiest schedule based on win totals from last season. From week nine onward, they play the easiest schedule in the NFL. And for a running game that has really struggled but should seem a lot better this year, hopefully. I told you that the Chargers were the 31st ranked rushing team last year in efficiency. That was with facing the easiest run defense schedule in the NFL. This year, Warren Sharp says they also have the easiest run defense schedule in the NFL. This is the time to rebound because how many you know keys to the game do we do, Dave, where it's like, this team cannot stop you from running the ball. Please run the ball effectively. And it was, you know, 11 carries for 38 yards. So, like, those games can't happen, especially if the other team is bad at stopping the run. You cannot abandon it. It has to be an efficient thing. And don't just run the ball for the sake of running the ball with the percentages we just told you. That was just ingrained in their DNA. And that didn't even talk about the how many times they would just run the ball up the middle on third and one fourth and one, third oh, and two, God. just to get stuff. So, like, there were so many inefficient things. So, what Warren Sharp is saying here is they were so inefficient and so poorly coached last year, if they can just get moderately better in these things and get a little bit more luck as far as fumble luck, as far as winning the one-score games, they will be a much better team because it was still a team that, even though they went five and seven in one-score games, found a way to win seven games in 2020. So, Here's to hoping that it's much, much better in 2021. But Warren Sharp is always putting out great stuff. And he was basically screaming at the top of his lungs last year every time Anthony Lim would inefficiently run the ball on first down, making Justin Herbert's life more terrible than it was during some of those losing streaks. But that's all the bad stuff, guys. And what we have coming up next is great stuff from Brian Baldinger, NFL analyst for NFL Network. Up next, we're going to talk about the Brandon Staley effect what he's excited about to see under new head coach Brandon Staley and what impressed him about Justin Herbert and what he thinks Justin Herbert can do coming up this upcoming season. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official protein bar of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is Built Bar. Did you guys know that Built Bar has a ton of delicious flavors? If you don't, I haven't been doing my job because there's so many good ones to choose from. German chocolate, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, just to name a few. And the nice thing is, is I don't usually only eat one bar. I don't really get boxes of just one bar. I always get the mix box because you're not going to get a bad flavor with Bill Bar. And what that does is it lets you kind of switch things up. So you never get tired of having the same flavor over and over again. Get a mix box. They'll send you every flavor that they have. And you guys will be going great because Bill Bars not only are great for you, but they taste great as well. And they're 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew, but they also have to be good for you as well. And most of the bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories, 
and you're only going to get four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams of net carbs. And right now, we can even save you guys some money on Built Bars. If you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order and to eat the protein bar that is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, guys, very excited to be here with you. We have our special guest, as we promised. We're here with Brian Baldinger. You can find on Twitter at BaldyNFL. I'm sure you guys have already seen him because his Twitter breakdowns are a thing of beauty. I mean, many of the Chargers have been on there. He's talked about Justin Herbert, recapped his rookie season, Keenan Allen, Kenneth Murray, just to name a few. So, Brian, really appreciate you coming on. He's also an NFL Network TV analyst. He has Baldy's breakdowns. I mean, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you're really missing out. But thanks for joining the show today, man. We really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it, guys. I mean, look, it's uh, we're a week away. Um, you know, the summer goes quickly. And so I hope everybody got their fun in because it's time to go to work. And I'm uh, I'm excited. I got my training camp schedule. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to go see the Chargers because <laughs> I know I'm going to go see the Chargers. Um, I've seen them, I think, the last three years in a row. Um, they're just a fun team to be around. And I think, you know, with all the changes and the play of the quarterback last year, they're even going to be more fun this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we're going to get into all of those things because I think those are the two very important things going into this training camp, right? You have two things to be really excited about. You have your young quarterback, Justin Herbert, set all the rookie records last year. And then you have a new head coach, which no matter how you feel about Anthony Lynn with the direction the Chargers were going the last couple of years, it's exciting to get something new, especially when it sounds like Brandon Staley. I mean, that guy blows away a press conference better than anyone maybe that I've ever heard at the podium. I mean, the guy just is a great communicator. But you also have the juxtaposition of you're getting a new defensive mind as well. And we had our frustrations with Gus Bradley in the heavy cover three system. So now they get Brandon Staley, who does a lot of mismatches and wants to get a bunch of different formations in there schematically on defense. So what do you think that Brandon Staley will kind of bring to this team defensively that maybe they weren't getting under Gus Bradley? Well, you know, look, you know, in one year with the Rams, they took the defense, basically the same players, from the 17th-ranked defense in 2019 to the number one-ranked defense. And, you know, you say, okay, well, what did he do? Well, he did a lot. <laughs> a lot of scheme. He Wade Phillips is no scrub either. I mean, he took over for a really good coach. We would know as a former Chargers defensive coordinator. No, no question. No question. Um, he really empowered. I mean, I think he learned a lot of this from Vic Fangio, but I think he put a lot on himself. I mean, he keeps it pretty simple, yet it looks complex. He empowers the players. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, I thought, as good as he is, I thought he had his best season last year. Mm -hmm. um, he allowed him to really match up with certain players. Uh, but at the same time, play within the scheme. Uh, Aaron Donald was off the charts great again. and he, But he did different things with Aaron. He moved him around, really allowed every offensive lineman to feel his punch. And so he took his stars and he really put them in different positions where they could really excel. And I think, you know, and then he disguised a great deal. Um, you know, there's still people, I mean, Jalen still gets mad about uh, times he's in zone defense and everybody thinks he's a man. He got beat. And he's just like, could somebody please explain to these knuckleheads that I was in zone doing my job. And so you get some of that. So I expect, you know, look, Kenneth Murray, I expect to take another step. I think, 
you know, when you look at Derwin James, he looks like we all know he's a superstar when he's healthy. And so what does he do with him? What does he do with Joey Boza? I mean, I just think there's going to be a lot of flexibility to what they do and disguise to what they're in. And, uh, and then this question of, can you teach it and not break down while it's being implemented? And that's what the Rams didn't do last year. They didn't break down and give up easy scores. Teams had to really earn their points against the Rams a year ago. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that I think Charger fans are very much looking forward to. I mean, there's a lot of frustrations, like we said, with the cover three defense. But switching over to the offensive side and talking about someone we're all very excited about, and that's Justin Herbert. You did a video recently recapping his historic rookie season. Um, For those who didn't really see that video, what impressed you the most about Herbert in year one? Well, I mean, just the deep ball, deep ball accuracy. I mean, 31 touchdowns, but I mean, just the number of deep shots that he just aired out. I mean, that's not usually something that just happens right away. That's something that happens later. I mean, to throw the deep ball, I mean, you talk to, you know, guys, North Turner, you know, like, you know, real pros and teaching how to throw it. I mean, it, there's a lot of almost science to it in the arc and, you know, uh, the placement, but he seemed to have a great touch on it right away. Um, just, you know, I mean, I was there at SoFi Stadium the day that he took over for Tarad, you know, minutes before the opening kickoff against the Chiefs, and he takes the team right down the field in the opening drive. Um, the offense changed. The team changed. It all changed the day that he took, you know, started taking the snaps from center. And so yeah. I think that impressed me. But then, you know, just this year – Really studying, you know, uh, you know the Oregon offensive tackle that came out this year. I had to go back to 2019 to really study. And you go back and you really watch that Rose Bowl season that Oregon had. You look at Justin Herbert totally different. You don't look at him as a system quarterback. You don't look at him as, well, you know, he's, you know, he's this or he's that. You look at the talent, you go, man, there's the deep ball. There's the athletic ability on that play. Like, you really look at him completely different than I think you did when people were studying him coming out because he's an elite athlete at that position. He's got elite size. I mean, every category you want to put him in, he's he sort of, you know, is at the top of the charts. Yeah, and I think people forget how highly he was thought of when he decided to go back to Oregon, right? I mean, in that draft class in 2019, so – there was so much there where it seemed like people definitely overlooked him. One of the bigger misevaluations, at least at this point, one year in, that we've seen from quarterbacks. But obviously, there's places to improve. And that's kind of the crazy thing about it is you could see a better version of Justin Herbert in 2021. And I think a big part of that is going to be figuring out those defenses that gave him a lot of trouble. If you go back to the Miami game, Buffalo, even to some extent, New England was a really bad game for the entire offense. That's what's exciting about Brandon Staley, I think, to some extent, is having someone in the room that makes those disguises that can kind of walk him through some of that. So how much do you think that is the kind of one of the things he has to improve on to meet the even higher expectations he's going into in year two? Yeah, well, Dan, I mean, I think that, you know, nobody is a finished product. Right. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is still figuring things out. Um, and, That's scary. And at, he's the face <laughs> of the league. Um, you know, I think Justin Herbert is smart enough to know that is, you know, the success he had last year is just the beginning. And, you know, this is not a finished product. 
I think there's a lot of room. I think the intermediate routes, uh, like you said, just looking at some of the games where the, the team struggled and he was a part of those struggles. I mean, getting shut out by the Patriots is a black eye. Um, you know, so they don't ever want to have that happen again. Um, so, you know, and they did a lot. Patriots do a lot. You know, I mean, it's good. It's a good, good learning film to go back and watch and to see just what they were in defensively. You know, was that man? Was that zone? What was Gilmore doing on that play against Keenan Allen? All, you know, I mean, it's good to go back and study that stuff and to kind of prepare for the next round. I mean, I don't think you can ever prepare for a Steve Spagnuolo defense. Fully. I mean, because you're going to see looks and pressures that you haven't seen before. Right. They come from some place, you know, and it might not just be third downs. It could be first downs. They come after you. And so I think all that, all that is just uh, things that you can file, file away and things that you can just add to experience, you know, and the more that you can see to the point where, you know, there's nothing that Brady hasn't seen, but that's 21 years. You want to try to, really fit that into your second year and start to figure a lot of this stuff out pre-snap, you know, and was he really seeing the field? Like you don't really know. I mean, they lost a lot of those games, uh, you know, but, you know, just to see, you know, even that Raider game where I thought they, 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 you know, they won the game, you know, I mean, I, I think there's things that you can learn from all of that that can really benefit him this year. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's definitely going to benefit him this year is Keenan Allen. I mean, you recently ranked Keenan Allen as a top three route runner in the league, and we know he's a great player, but do you expect him to have another big season after that great connection he showed with Justin Herbert last year? I do. I do. I mean, I think Keenan Allen can get better with, with Justin Herbert. I mean, this the ball comes out differently than it did with Phillip Rivers. I think Keenan Allen could do more after the catch than what he did a year ago. Um, I know that he can win his one-on-ones against just about every corner in this league. I've seen him against Darius Slay and against the best. And so, and I've seen him win. And so, you know, I want to see him do more after the catch this year than what he did a year ago. I mean, I expect him to get back to, you know, 11, 12 yards, you know, per catch and not, you know, the under 10 that he had a year ago. I I think he would feel the same way about that. That means, you know, maybe not as many bubble screens, those kind of plays, you know, more down the field type of routes especially with, you know, I'm sure you're going to get to it, but look, they, they rebuilt their offensive line. Uh, I expect them to be better. I mean, Corey Lindsley, I think makes it better right away. Um, we got to see what Rayshon looks like at left tackle, but I think that, you know, he's a mature guy and uh, he knows what his role is at that position. So, and I want to see blog if he can stay healthy, but you know, this is a rebuilt offensive line. I'm a big fan of Matt Filer, you know, coming out of Bloomsburg I was and, this versatility that he can play with, but he may have more time for, for routes to get down the field this year than he had a year ago. Yeah. Well, and you set us up perfectly baldy because we are going to be getting into the offensive line and Kenneth Murray getting downhill on a more consistent basis. All things I know you've talked about, and I know the offensive linemen are near and dear to your heart. So we have much more with baldy NFL on Twitter, Brian Baldinger and his baldy breakdowns coming up right after this. All right, guys, we are back here with Brian Baldinger, NFL Network analyst and also the owner and creator of Baldy's Breakdown, some of the best video breakdowns. It seems like everyone's kind of copying that now. I mean, there's a ton of video breakdowns, but you've been doing it for a long time. And I mean, I know we were always excited to watch them, especially when they had to do with Chargers players. And one of the guys that you touched on a little bit being excited to watch was 
Kenneth Murray. And I love the video breakdown that you did about him because although the Patriots game was a terrible game for Justin Herbert, Kenneth Murray seemed to figure some things out in that game. I mean, he was all over the field, especially when the Patriots were just ramming it down the Chargers throat for a lot of that second half. He was all over the place, making good reads, making plays on Cam Newton. So one of the things that him and Staley have consistently talked about is letting him get more downfield, making him a downfield player. And if you watch him in college and know his skill set, if he has his back to the line of scrimmage, you're probably doing something wrong. That's not getting the most out of him. So how excited are you to see that kind of come to fruition, letting someone with his specific skill set just get downhill on a more consistent basis? Well, I mean, you know, it, a lot of it starts with the diagnosis of plays, you know, and, and, you know, when you watch guys like Bobby Wagner, you know, that uh, Fred Warner, guys that have been doing it at a very high level for a long time, I mean, their diagnosis is they really trust their eyes. And, in fact, um, it's sometimes not about this, the, the initial speed. I mean, Bobby Wagner sometimes doesn't move for an entire second, you know, after the ball is snapped. All Slow minutes, until you know. I love um, that. He's just patient, and then he just – then once he sees it, though, you know, then he fires his gun. And so I think there's a lot to that, just being patient. But being patient in a good way. Being patient slow to you know is what a lot of inside linebackers say. You know, and so, you know, and then once you can really diagnose it and know it, can you go back door? And do you have the speed to get there back door to make the play behind the line of scrimmage? Do you have to play over the top? Do you have to use your hands in order to get off a block? All those kind of things. So I, I think that's part of the maturation of Kenneth Murray. And I think every young linebacker can get better in the passing game, whether it's angles, whether it's reading routes, whether it's because, you know, you can't turn your head around to see what's happening behind you. Right. But can you know what's going on behind you without looking? So that's depth of drop feeling the routes without looking at the routes. Um, you know, that comes from a lot of film study. Brandon Staley, I'm sure, can kind of give him a lot of tips to what he can do. Uh, I know Ed Donatel has been brought in. Ed, Ed's been around a long, a long time. Um, you know, he's got his degrees in coverage. He can help out a great deal from that side of the ball. Um, you know, and in, in really kind of knowing what's behind you you know, and why getting your depth is so important to take away some of the passing lanes. Yeah, I mean, really excited to see him blitz a little bit more this year, too. I mean, I think that was an aspect of his game that was not taken advantage of enough. So really looking forward to seeing that this year as well. But you're a former offensive lineman, so we'd love to get your thoughts on the Chargers rookie uh, Rayshon Slater. Of course, the first round pick the Chargers uh, basically stole at 13th overall who we kind of expect to see him start right away for the Chargers. Do you have any concerns about if he will be able to start and if he's going to be ready to start come week one? Well, the only concern is he didn't play last year, you know? Right. And so, I mean, you know, the only way to get better is to play. The only way to become a better left tackle is to play left tackle. And so, look, I mean, you go back to 2019, 18, you can see good tape on Rashawn Slater. I mean, he takes really good angles in the run game. That shows up. That's important. Uh, because if you don't block the second level, your running game's not going anywhere. So you got to get to that second level. How do you get there? Uh, he's got good movement. He ran well. He's got really good movement. Um, you know, some people thought, you know, he doesn't have the ideal um, metrics to be an elite left tackle. Um, we'll, we'll find that out. I mean, I, I, you know, if I was Brandon Staley, I'd put Joey Bozo over there every play, you know, and just let him get <laughs> into a guy like Bozo. 
And if he can block Bosa, he can block anybody in this league. So that's good. I mean, those matchups will be valuable in training camp, um, you know, as they get ready for the season. But I expect Rashawn to be ready. Um, you know, it, he's got to put the helmet back on, the pads back on. You got to get back out there on the bike. But I expect him to be that guy. That's what they drafted him for. He's the first lineman taken. I, I had him rated really high. Um, you know, but look, COVID was COVID. You know, some guys opted out, took advantage of it, whatever. Um, physically, you expect him to be at a, at peak. You know, he's had a year and a half to work out, you know, to be as strong, flexible, athletic as you could possibly get. Now he's got to go put it to use. And so, you know, he needs every rep. He needs every rep he can get right now to get ready. I mean, um, you know, when they, when they uh, open up this year, uh, you know, I expect, uh, you know, against Washington, um, there's going to have Chase Young out there, you know, and I think he's seen the Predator, you know, when he was at Northwestern. So, you know, and I expect, you know, Chase Young to be better this year than he was last year. So he's going to get tested right out, right out of the gate by an elite player. Yeah, one, especially better than when the last time Rashawn Slater saw him, right, all the way back in 2019, for sure. Chase Young is, I'm sure, a different player now, but it feels nice to have seen them go against each other, or at least to see him in that kind of a pedigree of a matchup. But you're right. I mean, working out at O-line masterminds, doing all the training he's done, that's all great. It's not the same as on live field reps. It's a little bit different. But it also wasn't the only addition the Chargers made to the offensive line like you talked about. I mean, you bring in Corey Lindsley, one of the smarter centers in the league, especially with a young quarterback. I loved that addition. You get Odeo Bushi coming off one of his best seasons. You have Matt Filer. We know Brian Bulaga has to stay healthy, but a completely rebuilt offensive line. And one of the theories I kind of had last year is when you look at the playoffs and you look at the teams there, you're not going to find a lot of bad offensive lines. You're just not. I mean, a lot of those teams have great offensive lines. You saw what not having that did to the Kansas City Chiefs, right, once they lost all those guys in the Super Bowl. So I just want to know how important you think it is for this group to come back a lot better, considering how bad it has been frankly over the last couple of years to the Chargers success in 2021. Well, I, I believe that every offensive line starts with the center. Um, now Mike Pouncey was a great player when he was healthy, you know, just was not able to stay healthy and end up retiring like his brother. I mean, they were really athletic players. Corey Lindsley is about as strong a center as there is in his whole business. Um, there was a reason why, Aaron Rodgers over the last two years was the healthiest he's been in his career. Um, it starts up front. He is, I mean, you talk to the guys that played with him in Green Bay, smart, strong, strong at the point. If your center is weak, your offensive line is going to get caved at some point, run game, pass game. So to go out there and get an elite center is huge, just huge. And he's just entering his prime. I mean, he really knows how to play. Um, he's really strong at the point, run game pass. So I think that's going to make Filer and O'Day better inside. Um, you know, and then, and then it's just a question of the communication aspect where all five guys are thinking with one brain. And the chemistry, you just don't know how quickly it's going to come about. You know, you got guys from different organizations and different places and different, you know, probably – the same, the same plays, just different calls, uh, calls that mean the same thing but called differently. Right. Um, and so that, getting all that down is going to be really key. And you, you, you really 
won't know if they have it or when they have it until you see it. Of course. And then you're, you're going to know. Then you're going to know because there's just certain things you can't prepare for that a defense is just going to react to that you've got to be able to pick up. And you can't talk about it on the sideline or walk through it on Wednesday. It's going to be a game day thing. Right. And you've got to just figure it out. And the great teams, like you said, I mean, it's hard to get to the postseason without a really good offensive line. Kansas City with Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher was a very good offensive line. Uh, without those two guys in there, they were a mess. So they addressed that. But, you know, the Chargers, we're going to find that out, you know, pretty quickly because they're going to get tested by one of the best defenses in football on September 12th. No question about it. I mean, that, that defense is ferocious, and I think that team is underrated because of that uh, aspect of it. But you have had several Chargers on your Baldies breakdowns in the past, like Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Kenneth Murray. But is there another Chargers player that you're kind of excited to watch in 2021? Well, I mean, you go back and watch 2018 Derwin James. I mean, there wasn't anybody like him in the league. I mean, I, I, I remember doing breakdowns, him playing, you know, deep center field and taking touchdowns away from Tyreek Hill. I remember him blitzing off the edge. I remember him playing, you know, a linebacker role, a slot role. I mean, you know, there wasn't any place. I think he was as versatile um, as any player in the league. And I, and I was kind of saying that he defined – because at, when he came in the league, the Golden State Warriors were the NBA, and they really became positionless basketball. And, you know, anybody could handle the ball on that team. And to me, when I watched Derwin play in 2018, it was positionless football. Like, there wasn't any place he couldn't play. His size, his range, his ferociousness when he got to the ball and how he attacked the ball. Um, there just wasn't many players in the league that played like he did. And so I'm sure that it's not going to take long before I'm starting a Derwin James campaign for defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, he, he's just an elite, elite player. You know, you know, Joey Bowes on any given Sunday, uh, you know, is as good as there is with his hand swipes and his ability to bend off the edge and just the, just the effort that he plays the game with. He plays with elite effort, and I like to see that. Yeah, I mean, Joey Bosa had some just absolutely dominant stretches last year, even if it didn't show up in the sack game and the sack totals. But Derwin James getting downhill is like something you just don't see in the NFL, especially when you see the guy locking up Keenan Allen, the top three route runner in the league in practice, going one-on-one man-to-man. So a lot to be excited about. Again, thank you so much, Brian Baldinger, for coming on the show today. Once again, you can find him on Twitter at BaldyNFL, and he's also an NFL insider for Odyssey and the new Odyssey app and an NFL network analyst. Brian, super appreciative that you would come on and share some time with us. I know you're excited to watch the Chargers this year, and we are so excited that you came on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. Invite me back. I'll be here. All right. Well, a special thank you to Brian Baldinger for coming on the show. A special thank you to David Drogemeyer for making it happen. I mean, this was a really, really good get and a really a guy that we wanted to get on the show very badly. And I'm sure you guys all know why now, but that is going to do it for today's show and for the week, guys. But don't fret because next week we have training camp coming in next Tuesday. So we'll be back here on Monday with you guys to give you our little training camp preview. We're going to get into a bunch of things, position battles, what we're watching for, what we're excited for. So make sure to check back in on Monday for that. But until then, To make sure you don't miss great interviews like we did today with Brian Baldinger, 
Make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify, the new Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And we also post it to every one of our social media pages. So you can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can find David on Twitter at DroTalkSD, as well as the show's page where we've been posting some video clips from this interview at LockedOnLAC. You can also find our Locked On Chargers Instagram and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page too. But that is going to do it for this week, guys. If you guys want to get your voicemails in for next week, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. We hope you guys enjoyed the Brian Balding interview. We'll be back next week with more great guests and more great content because training camp is coming up, and we'll be here to cover it for you. So we'll talk to you on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.